Hello, hello, and welcome back to Heart, Soul, and Roots podcast. My name is Tiffany Durr, and I have with me the amazing Nicole Mazakatu. Hello, everybody. Hello, Tiffany. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. And hopefully in this episode, our sound is going to be much better than last time. Yes, I hope so, too. I have my microphone, which I did not last time. And you have your new fancy one, which you got an amazing deal on. Congrats. I did. Yay. My Blue Yeti. I've been wanting to get one of these for ages. To be fair, though, when we kicked off, we both we were just like, let's just get a a standard microphone just to start off with we didn't want to invest too much money so we went and bought the same microphone and they've been really good right they've served their purpose and and I'm definitely going to keep it and use it more for traveling but it's really exciting to to welcome the blue yeti into my life Woohoo! so we hope you can hear the difference we are trying (laughs) we are moving on up that's right that's right we are I'm gonna have to start looking at thrift stores to see if I can find one that's amazing Mm -hmm. so today we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into something that I'm super passionate about which is plants I um, am a bit of a plant nerd as some of you may already know (laughs) Um, I love I, I I know that I've mentioned it on here a few times you know I'm the essential gardener and um I really got into essential oils through plants. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about plants. Do you have many houseplants, Nicole? So not at the moment. I mean, I, I say that I'm, I'm, I will always accumulate plants wherever I go. I will accumulate plants. So in, I lived in a, in an apartment in, in Barcelona for a while and we had a little balcony and slowly, slowly that balcony just basically just got filled with plants. (laughs) So I, I'm, I'm a plant accumulator. I can't tell you the names of most plants. I just pick plants up and, and, and look after them. In Spain, you'll often find sometimes people will throw plants out and I'll be like, okay, you can come home with me now mm-hmm. and just, um, you know, take them home and start looking after them. Um, I'm really not good with orchids and I have a special talent for killing them. <laughs> yeah, I have one orchid and it was not blooming when I got it and it still has not bloomed. That one I have not really cracked either. But I think is a humidity is a big thing and I have and I have the little greenhouse at home, but I, I haven't loved that poor little orchid enough to move it into the greenhouse. I need to do that. <laughs> so what they, they like or they don't like humidity. They don't. They love humidity. Oh, they, they do. Want lots okay. of humidity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Brazil, it's amazing. You just walk down the streets and the trees in the streets have got orchids growing off them. I don't know if because people attach them to them or I'm not sure if the seeds just land. I'm not sure, but they literally just grow off the trees in the streets. It's amazing. Oh, that'd be so beautiful. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really, um, even though I am trained, I get the names wrong all the time. And I always, whenever I'm around somebody, they can just like rattle them off. I'm like, can you write that down? I know what it looks like on paper, but I don't know it coming from your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I have a degree in horticulture and I took Latin in high school to prep for it. And I still am like, I don't know. I don't know. If it's written down, I can usually identify it. But if people are saying it, I'm like, it sounds like Greek. I haven't, I don't. I don't know what you're saying. I guess it is kind of, I mean, I guess it's Latin, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it all just sounds different. Hmm. So I really like succulents because they're easy to look after. Yes. Yes. But if, if for those of you out there that have killed succulents, it's okay. What happened is you probably overloved it. You have to really be good at neglecting plants 
<laughs> to be a good succulent, uh, succulent mama. Not saying that everybody that I mean, there's a balance, right? But I know a lot of people that are like, I keep trying succulents and they keep dying. I was like, yeah, you probably love them too much. Give them too when much. When you say love them too much, putting too much water. Too much water. Yeah. Too much water. I know. If you really like the water plants, don't get a succulent. Okay. So yeah, in my in my that's one of the things I like to tell people. Um, because one of the best things I learned at college. So, you know, I get my little four-year degree. And one of my favorite things I learned is this teacher came in one day and she's like, okay, so here we go. First of all, I need you to know plants don't read the books. So we can write all the books we want, but plants are going to do what they want. They don't read the books and they're not meant to live indoors. So when people are asking you about their houseplants and they're dying and, you know, they think that they're, they're not meant to live forever and they're not meant to live indoors. So when you bring them indoors, they're going to be problems. And I was like, that's so true. I've never really, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way until that point. And I was like, yeah. And so she's like, so, you know, not everything's going to be by the book and plants die. It happens. They're not meant to live eternally. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that just, I mean, it's those simple truths, isn't it? That you need to mm-hmm. look at plants in their natural habitat to see how they thrive and survive. And no plant naturally is born <laughs> inside a house it just doesn't you know they, they're all born outside in in some sort of temperature environment climate that suits them and then we as humans decide oh that's pretty I'm just going to move it around the world to a different climate and then make it adapt to that climate and 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 try and keep it alive for as long as possible but plants have a life cycle don't they the same way that we do and not all plants are supposed to keep keep what's the word like there's there's a specific yeah 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 we've talked about this before haven't we like uh annuals and perennials yes yes so an annual um dies every year mm-hmm. and gives that so they put all of their focus on seeds and then perennials come back year after year and put a lot more resources down into the root system than an annual does mm-hmm. yeah it's a little yeah. refresher there <laughs> thank you i'm going to be asking you a lot of questions in this episode So did you know, Nicole, that different plants are supposed to be good for different types of personal development? I did not know that. No. Yes. Yes. So I kind of nerded out. And in the very back of my little, my little book that I wrote, uh, I have. Hang on, hang on just a second there. I think we need to take a moment to celebrate and shout (laughs) out and give you a massive, massive congratulations and round of applause for your amazing book that you've written. So yeah. Thank you. Yes, I'm so proud. This was such a big moment for me. Um, somebody who grew up dyslexic, never thought about writing a book to actually get it done. I mean, it's been in the back of my mind for years before I did it last year. And then to actually get it done and to get to like hold it and hand it out, it's just amazing. It's awesome. Um, so the essential gardener and her plant brain on display, which was not my pick of title, but it's what came out of my head when I first needed to start writing something. And then I forgot it was there and sent it to the publisher like that. I love it. I love it. We're going to put a link to that. Um, We're going to put a link to where people can get hold of it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. We will definitely do that. So in the back of it is something I don't talk about very often, but if you get through the whole thing, you get all the way to the back, it's houseplants for personal development. And is you know, as everybody should know that listens to this, I am a personal development junkie. So I like to constantly be improving things. And so um, this is just like different, different houseplants and how they can help you like air plants symbolized freedom and creativity. 
Uh, this is a great plant to get when you're ready for a big change in life. Nice. So, yeah, so just depending on kind of like what you're going through, um, you can always get a plant to get paired with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so what are succulents good for? Because like I say, I, I seem to always have succulents around. Right, right. Succulents are um, the plant of loyalty and endurance. And succulents have become very popular the last couple of years. This is a really great reminder to trust yourself and always be there for yourself. Oh. Yes. Yes. Interesting. I like so, that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really fun section to write. And I was like, I just, I have to put it in there. It just has to be in there because not very many people know about it and it's fun. So how did you um, come to know about which plant is what is good for what aspect of personal development? Mm -hmm. Well, partially by growing them, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also because um, I was just doing research on um, different plants and I kept kind of getting back to this one. The, there are a few websites that were talking about this mm -hmm. and pairing up personal development with plant. Well, they, it wasn't necessarily personal development. It's like you should, when somebody is going through this, this is the plant you should give them like mm -hmm. different gifts and um, to, you know, like back in the day, different rose colors meant different things. I mean, they they still can. Mm. And so this is kind of just taking that at another level. Like what is the perfect gift to give somebody who's going through something? And I was like, well, actually this would be really good for personal development too. So yeah. So it's kind of in between what they came up with and then what I've personally done. And that's where it all kind of came from. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've always been of the mind, you know, how people like to give flowers as presents I don't really like to give flowers because flowers have a short lifespan and they've they've been literally been cut down in their prime, haven't they, to then yes. wrap up and put in somebody's home and they're going to last for maybe a week if you're lucky, maybe a little bit more. Right. I always really love to give plants because at least, you know, a plant is something that you can love and look after and will have a longer lifespan. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 100% there with you. I do like to give up, give plants as gifts instead of just cut flowers. So mm. It's better for the environment too, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a little bit. <laughs> I think then you can you can replant it afterwards or or you know do something yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So mostly my book focuses on how to use essential oils for plants. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's how I got to the essential oil world was using them with plants. And so um did you know? Well, maybe you don't. I know this because I am in, I don't know, hundreds of plant Facebook groups, but plants and since COVID, buying houseplants has been one of the most searched things on Google, like about different houseplants and how to care for them and all those different, those types of things. Um, so people are out there and they're getting more house plants and it's, it's becoming cool. Like I was always the nerd hiding my plants in the corner and I'm like, boom, look at me along with everybody else. <laughs> so it was really fun to, um, have so many people get excited about the plant world and, and come and get into my world, get into a little piece of what I do. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting how people have looked to plants and pets to find mm -hmm. solace and company and and bringing light and love into their lives when 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 they felt the most at the at their most kind of lonely and isolated yeah it's not funny really it's it's interesting and, and it, it and it, it it makes sense right it, it makes complete sense but that there's it's just been this that. kind of global search for plants and plants and pets for company yes yeah yeah I think when um 
I think humans, you know, I've, I've had this debate with myself so many times in my head, and this is going to go a little off topic, but I've had this debate my, so many times in my head. I'm like, do I really need other people? Maybe I just need to be a little island by myself. But I think the past two years has really been like, no, we definitely need each other. Um, we are definitely herd instinct animals that really strive on that connection with people. Mm. And um, when we can't get that, then we do turn to alternatives such as plants and and pets and those types of things so yeah 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 I know having plants in my life just even just having them there just looking after them seeing them grow seeing them seeing them go through their cycles it definitely brings it, it brings kind of I don't know what the right word is groundedness reality joy Mm-hmm. It's into my life I mean if I'm ever living in a place where I haven't got plants around me I feel a bit kind of naked in a way mm-hmm. yes yeah it's it's they are very grounding um in fact they're known you know they have like the new grounding mats and stuff but plants are also supposed to have that very grounding effect on you mm-hmm. um because it, it is it's nature just getting in touch with nature and yes it does. And I, I totally agree when I get super stressed out uh, this last year for Christmas, I got a greenhouse, little indoor greenhouse that I can like actually go into. Mm-hmm. And so when I get super stressed out, you'll just see me just go in there and I'll sit and I'll think and I'll let things go. Like, I don't know, I fought with a printer a few, I don't know, like a month ago now for like two freaking hours and never got it to work. And I was just done. And so I just put my greenhouse. I worked up with a little, some of the plants and I just kind of sat there and I just breathed. Cause I was like, mm. I just so over this. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. I, I don't know if we've talked about this before. One of my first vegetable gardens we ever had, it was a, quite a big patch of land. I can't remember. It was probably about five between five and seven meters by three or three or four. It was quite big. Yeah. Um, and we had this chair, we just had this kind of garden watching chair. So we'd we kind of just sit in the chair and just watch the plants and just, you know, just sit talking to the plants, hanging out with the plants, just just being there if ever we needed to. And it was just such a calming experience, just a real grounding experience. Having a vegetable garden and and just tending to plants in general, I find is is very calming and getting your hands mucky and sticking your hands in the earth and moving the earth around and you know kind of clearing out clearing out weeds I don't like the word weeds I was taught on one of my permaculture courses and this is always stuck in my mind a weed is just a plant in the wrong place as far as humans are concerned but there's no such thing as a bad plant exactly exactly yes it's just not growing where we want it to grow Mm -hmm. and I mean the same I don't know. I don't know if I can go quite that far with pests though, just because I've had such battles with them, but it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. Um, they're not necessarily bad. Even when you get right down to it, even mosquitoes have a place in the world. There's a reason they're here. So everything has a reason. <laughs> so but, talk, talking about pests then in terms of p- plant pests. So you are a specialist in, in, and that's very much what your book is about. You're a specialist in combating plant pests with essential oils, right? Yes. Yes, I am. That's um, here where I work. We are really striving to be as organic as we can be. And part of that was finding ways to get rid of pests because wherever plants are, there are pests. So when you bring plants into your home, you're going to have pests eventually. 
And so I'm trying to be very organic and mindful about that. And I stumbled upon when we had really bad spider mites, I stumbled upon a website because I was, I was struggling. I was trying to find something. And the only thing I tried everything organic, I already knew. And the next step was a known carcinogen and it was $300 for 10 ounces. And I was like, what? Wow. You do not want to do that. And so, and I mean, this was a while ago, this was before inflation. <laughs> um, and, and so I was like, what, there's gotta be something else. So I was doing one last ditch Google search and I came across this, um, indoor pot growing <laughs> website. <laughs> They'll be the ones that know. Yes. They are. They are. So much. The cannabis industry has been so good for the horticulture industry. <laughs> Anyways, um, they said to try rosemary essential oil. And I was so novice to it. That I had to do a Google search next. My next Google search was what is rosemary essential oil and how do I buy it? Wow. Okay. So that's how novice I was on the essential oil front. And so um, I found it. I found out where I could just run to the store real quick and get some. And I did. And it freaking worked. And I was like, what? And it's just, you know, sometimes you have those moments in your life when you realize you've just stumbled on something huge. And that was definitely what that moment was like for me. And it, I mean, it was, it was literally a life-changing moment for me. Thank you, pot growers. (laughs) I never thought that's quite where my life would change and how it would, but man, I'm so thankful for that, that one tip. And then from there, I started doing lots of research, um, reading different research papers, uh, trying to figure out what, what would work and experimenting with different essential oils. And that's what led me to doTERRA because the um, cheap oils I was buying were very inconsistent and I was using a lot of it. Like a tablespoon at a time instead of drops at a time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, can you oh, imagine? Okay, that's like half a 10 milliliter bottle, which is what you the size you'd normally buy in a shop, right? Of an essential yes. oil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how much I was using at a time because it was very weak because it wasn't it wasn't very good quality. Mm-hmm. Um luckily there was no synthetics in them that ever hurt the plants. But I I have heard of people having trouble because there's synthetics in the oils that they bought. That actually yeah. hurt the plant, or even pesticides, or um, not. It is not pesticides, um, herbicides in them. Right. In them, yes. Yeah. Maybe that's an important point that we need to we need to just clarify here: the the, the the distinction between different qualities of oils. Why you and I are both so faithful to to DoTerra oils as opposed to just buying any oils in in a shop. Yeah. So essential oils are not really regulated by any by any governing bodies here in the States, um, other than the FDA saying that they are generally regarded as safe. That's the only thing they really have, Um, which means that they are wide open to put whatever they want in those bottles. As long as it has at least one ingredient that is essential oil, they can add whatever they want to the rest of it. Oh, to Um, that extent. mm -hmm. And still be considered pure essential oil. Wow, I did not know that. Labeled, yes, yes. And so um, to make it cheaper, it's kind of crazy to me. This always blows my mind that it is cheaper to manufacture it in a lab than it is to get the pure essential oil from the plant, which is, I don't know, that just every time that just blows my mind, but it is. 
And so um, you get a lot of fakes. You get a lot of alter, um, alteration, uh, adulteration. That's what I'm looking for, adulteration. Yeah. Because the, it's um, essential oils have become so popular mm. and it's a lot cheaper if you're not getting the pure essential mm. oils straight from the plant. And so the thing that I love about doTERRA is they have this amazing testing standards called Certified Pure Tested Essential Oils. And it means that all of those essential oils have gone through this extensive testing, not only in-house, but also third party. And I think each bottle on average gets, each batch on average gets tested 13 different times before it makes it to your house. Mm. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's oh yes, important, it's important to note that this this kind of this starts very much with the farming, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah. essential oils are an extraction of plants, fruits, and spices. Um, so plants, trees, fruits, and spices. Okay, so this starts very much with the actual, with even the seed and and the looking after of those seeds and those plants. And if we're if we're using herbicides and pesticides on these plants all of that is going to go into the essential oil because the plant is absorbing it the same way when we're not eating organic foods all of the herbicides and pesticides that all the chemicals that they're using to make those fruits and and vegetables grow faster are just being absorbed into into the actual fruit or plant or whatever it is so it starts with the looking after and the farming, the, the agricultural side, and all the way through to the production of the oil, to the bottling of the oil, and making sure there are no impurities and, and kind of external things that shouldn't be in there. And that's what we refer to when we talk about adulteration, impurities and, and extra bits that are not purely the essential oil of that plant. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing I love about doTERRA is as a farmer's wife, the way that they pair with the farmers directly, mm -hmm. there's no brokers. They are going directly to those farmers and um, getting, getting, the, getting the product from them and then helping them get to a distillery or if there's already a distillery, you know, working, working through that whole process. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not the cheapest way to get essential oils but it's the most ethical way. And they've won many awards for their humanitarian work and how um, they go beyond fair pricing, like fair trade, sorry, fair trade. They go beyond fair trade and making sure that the farmers are getting paid and getting paid in a way that makes sense to each individual um, region. You know, in some regions, it makes sense to pay differently than other places. And so they try to make sure that whenever a farmer brings in their harvest, they're getting paid within 24 hours, mm. which is amazing and kind of unheard of. <clears throat> yeah. And rather than going in and just buying up farms and farmland and then employing people or bringing in external people to work the land and work the plants, they're, they're working directly. They're helping the locals to, to build their factories, to build, you know, to, to buy in their machinery and to produce in an organic, sustainable way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as a farmer's wife, it's so important to me. And I think it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like the second thing I learned about doTERRA and I was like, wait, they do what? That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so important. It's so important. And, and then they have all the humanitarian work on top of that, like beyond the co-inclusive. So yeah, it's amazing. So making sure that you're getting a pure essential oil is crucial when you're using them. Yeah. 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 
And then it, it's almost, it's a beautiful full circle, isn't it? It's like a 360 because it's the seed to the plant, you know, that's being looked after in this organic, sustainable way that that's, that then, that's then being extracted into an essential oil, which is then, as, as, as you're about to explain more of, then being put back into the care of other plants. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I have found um, different recipes for different pests, of course. And I'll give you guys, I'm going to go ahead and give you my favorite recipe because spider mites is something that most people who are growing plants at home run into. Tell me and what a spider so, mite is, Tiffany. So a spider mite is a teeny, well, I want to show you the picture, but that doesn't really help our <laughs> listeners. It's this teeny tiny bag. And this is under a microscope, this photo is. And it, it is actually a mite. And it um, it goes into the plant. It has some webbing. So when you when you're looking for it, you'll see some webbing and little bitty spots. And usually it's like um, two spotted spider mites, the most common one, at least here around here. And what it does is it li- literally like pierces the plant and sucks the life out of each individual cell. Oh. So yes, not good. Not good for your plant. Right. And so I have this awesome recipe that I've developed. And this is probably one of my favorite recipes because it works so well. And spider mites were actually the first issue that I ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I said that already. So this is one of my favorite recipes to give out. So for this one, you're going to take a four ounce bottle of um, spray bottle and you're going to put in it two drops of myrrh, three drops of rosemary, three drops of citronella, when the doTERRA came out with citronella, I literally ran up and had the bottle. I was so excited for what it could be for pest management. Okay, sorry. So three drops of citronella and two drops of dish soap. Um, and I would use, I usually use Castile, um, just a, a really mild dish soap. You don't want to use something like um, that used to cut grease like Dawn. So something mild. I do use doTERRA's um, On Guard, uh, Clean Concentrate, or the Abode, either one in my recipes as well. And then you're going to mix that up and fill the rest of the bottle up with water, shake it up really, really well. And then you'll just spray it directly on that webbing, wherever that you see that webbing on that plant. And um, you want to make sure it's because, you know, that webbing kind of helps protect it. So you might have to spray it several days in a row to get rid of them, but it works. It works so well. It works so well. So it's amazing. Wow. And how long can you keep that mixture for? You can keep it, you know, I don't actually... I, I always use it up. <laughs> I've, used, I've kept them for six months and they've still been viable. So you can keep it for quite a while. Just you got to make sure you shake it up really well each time you go to spray. So okay. that we get that oil and water mixed together really well. Okay, cool. So would spider mites be more common on indoor plants or outdoor plants? Indoor. You'll see them every now and then outdoor, but it's more of a problem indoor because they have the extra protection from weather. And mm-hmm. so that's where they become more of a problem. Um, Alicocious plants, um, I think that's, I think I might be saying it right. They, you almost, you see them a lot on those because um, they like to get down in the um, the crown, the crumbs, the crumbs of the plant and like, then they, so you don't think you have them then all of a sudden they'll come up and boom, you have an explosion of these amazing spider mites. All this webbing in your plants. Wow, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So is most of your research and most of your work um, around indoor plants? It really is. Um, I've done some outdoor gardening. Um, I did, I even did a hemp project um, for, um, 
yeah, I did a hemp project, but um, for the most part, my core research is indoors since I'm a greenhouse manager. I am, that's my specialty. That's what I research the most is how to grow plants indoors. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I do, you can use my recipes out in the garden. Absolutely. I've helped lots of people with their gardens every year, uh, but just my personal preference and main focus and expertise is really more geared towards mm-hmm. indoor plants. I've got a question for you. This is an yeah. outdoor. This is an outdoor question, a vegetable garden question. Yes. yes. One of the problems that I've always come across, and it's I don't call it a problem because I like to share my get. I like to share my garden with nature, and I feel like you know everybody will just take their part, and then you'll get left over with what you need. But yeah. um, slugs and snails. I remember once my sister telling me a story about how she went to buy beer to put um, around the the vegetable garden because the slugs and snails don't like beer and she got ID'd and she was like 30 at the time or something. (laughs) And she was like, it's not for me, it's for the snails. It's true. I've actually done that in the greenhouse with the beer, put beer traps out. We had a a slug outbreak in the greenhouse. Um, Yes, you can totally do that. the essential oils, any hot essential oil is going to burn the crap out of them and they don't like it. And you know, the other thing you can do is even just taking cinnamon powder mm. and mixing, putting it around your plants as well, because they don't like, they don't want to cross that line. So they'll stay away from it rather than get fizzled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. So we're talking cinnamon, pepper, um, cardamom, yeah. cardamom maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Cardamom. Um, the, you want to be careful with these hotter oils if you're spraying them on your plants, mm. because they, you want to make just like you dilute them down for using them for a human, you're going to dilute them down quite a bit for using them on plants. So like four drops in a gallon of water, like it's right. you dilute them down quite a bit. Okay. And then you you'll, you'll kind of spray that around the plant rather than on the plant. Well, if you're going to spray on the plant, you can go, if you're going to spray it around the plant, you're not going to get on the plants and you can, you can beef that up to like, 10 to 15 drops per gallon. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Cool. Good tips. Yeah. Good tips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You just be out there. You'll get your beer traps out there. Take a few sips for yourself and spray some <laughs> oil. All good. <laughs> yeah. I remember also being told salt, but then, you know, they, the slugs will just fizzle straight up as soon as they hit the yeah. salt. Right. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. Not my favorite yeah. method. Yeah. The thing I do not recommend, which I don't even, I don't think it's even legal in the UK, um, is seven dust. It's, it's something that's been around for a long time here in the States. And people think because it's been around forever, it's a super safe chemical and it is not, it is terrible. Mm. It is really, really bad for your nervous system because it attacks the insect nervous system, Mm. but it also attacks your nervous system. And so please, if you're listening to this, please, please, please throw the seven dust away, get rid of it. However you're supposed to get rid of it. Do not use it and use something more. I don't even care if you go organic, just less than that, because it's really bad for humans and you're eating, you know, if you're outdoor gardening, you're eating that. So that's not, not cool. So, so. That, I don't know what it is. It's some, it's a herbicide or a pesticide. It's, it's a pesticide. And it's mm. a lot of times it's, it's kind of like a powder that you put on your garden. And mm. um, a lot of times for slugs, it kills most any pests that mm. come in contact with it, which is why people love it, but mm. it's so bad for humans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So there's my little PSA. Yeah. There we <laughs> go. Try and keep it natural. Yes. yes. So- oh, actually, let me give you two. Let me give you two PSAs. So here's my second one. 
There's this one, and this one, I also don't know that it's, I don't even think it's legal in the UK. In fact, I know it's not legal in the UK, in um, the European unions. Uh, I don't know if it's UK then still, because you guys split, right? No, yeah, no longer part of the European Union. That's a sore point. Right. right, so we'll move on. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> there is this, Bonide makes it, and it's called systemic, um, systemic granular. And I see it in all the Facebook groups and people recommend it all the time. And I see people on Instagram using it. Okay, that is a chemical that we do use every now and then in the greenhouse when things get bad. When I use that chemical, I have to wear a respirator and wear gloves. And like, you're not supposed to allow anybody back in that area for 12 hours. Hmm. And so, and it's, it's really bad for bees. And so if you're using it, make sure you're keeping your plants indoors and make sure that you're using some protection because that stuff is really nasty. It's not good for you either. So. There's my two PSAs. I'm done. <laughs> no, and that's and that's really important, isn't it? And it's really important to understand that some of these things that maybe you're buying you're buying in your local shop actually there there should be a, a really strict protocol as to how you use it and the the kind of knock on effects that they can have on other elements of nature. And you mentioned bees there. I don't yeah. think I don't think enough people are aware of how important bees are to our ecosystem and what is you know what would happen if we were to knock out all the bees i mean that would be devastating to to our entire planet our ecosystem and our species yep it would absolutely it's almost as important as sunshine like Mm. you have to have that they have to pollinate those plants not everything just pollinates through air circulating Mm. you need something to very specifically go in and that's i mean that's the way the plants have developed is to they made some yummy nectar for those bees to want to come to and then they you know put their pollen all over them then they go to the next plant and that's that's how pollination happens and without pollination you don't have the the seed and that's what we usually eat you know like if it's a grain then you're eating like corn or soybeans or whatever if it's um fruit then you're eating the apples and um avocados and all the fruit and veggies that we love so much a lot of them are very dependent on bees and so it's they're very important there's bees are not the only thing that pollinate so for those of you that are getting ready to say that i know but bees are one of our biggest pollinators so using essential oils wouldn't hurt the bees essentially no no it's actually pretty fun when i spray essential oils in our greenhouses where we have um, bumblebees pollinating they love it. And they're like, go through it like little kids in the sprinkler. It's <laughs> the first time it happened, I freaked out. So I was like, oh no, but then it was like so happy. Um, so as long as you're go- doing it at a low concentration, just like I recommend in my book, just like I always do, um, then you're, you're not harming them. And actually it's kind of helpful because the bees themselves have a mite that can really be harmful to them. And the essential oil can kill the mite, but not the bees. Wow. So okay. it's good for their health too. Yeah. So are there any kind of like generic, generic bits of advice that you can give in terms of like more common essential oils and what they might be good for? Yeah. So peppermint, peppermint is one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's so many things hate the smell of peppermint. That's why there's that old, um, wise tale that you're supposed to plant peppermint around your garden and stuff. And it's because most pests don't like the, the taste of it. They don't like the smell of it. And so peppermint, spearmint, those are always good. 
Time is one of my favorite ones because it's so good at dealing with, especially it's it's hot enough that it really deals with a lot of those pests naturally. Um, and oregano is another good one, but time time's just time's just better. And then myrrh is like my secret weapon for mites. It's amazing. It's amazing. When I learned about that, I was like, because I never ever would have thought to use myrrh for that. Because I always think of myrrh as like your skin and things like that. And then, yeah, when I learned about it, it is so effective. So Hmm. I I remember you giving me a tip once when I was in France, I had a mouse in my room and you were like, oh, peppermint, they don't like peppermint. So I like threw peppermint all around the bed and then like the door frame and stuff. And then I was like, shit, have I just locked it in the room or kept it out the room? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, mice hate the smell of peppermint. Hmm. so it's yeah it's they're amazing it's nice because it's the thing I love most when I discovered this was um and I didn't even realize this when I first started using essential oils but as I learned more I love that there's a solution out there that is good for the plants good for the people good for the pollinators but still targets and gets rid of the pests and it's it's not very often when you you know, usually there's so many more trade-offs, right? When you're doing something like that. And so it's really nice to have a solution that benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And are there any kind of specific oils that that like specific plants like more? Um, yes, there are. So um, just like when you do um, companion planting, and that's where you put two plants together that um, have this relationship where they kind of help each other out, mm-hmm. you can actually mimic that effect by using essential oil. So if you, tomatoes mm-hmm. and basil, basil are one of the biggest, you know, yeah. well-known companion planting. And so if you don't have enough room for both, you can always plant your tomatoes and then water, take terrible drops of um uh, basil essential oil and water it in and it has that same type of effect which is that. incredible I love yes yeah. I love that yes oh I know I know the tip that everybody needs to know here's here's my favorite tip and that is sandalwood essential oil you should have sandalwood essential oil on hand because sometimes people's plants die right or they're not feeling very good or we oh you know we did something something happened and they're not feeling well. And sandalwood is like, um, helps the immune system of plants. And so if you add a drop of water, drop, add a drop to the water that you're going to water into your plants and it just helps them. I have saved so many of my friends plants with this. So the first time this happened, because I have a horticulture degree. So people will send me pictures of their dead plants that died like three weeks ago. And they're like, what should I have done? And I'm like, you should have watered it four weeks ago. Like, I don't know at this point, it is dead. And so I've had lots of that. And so I had a friend and I just read this study about how you can, how sandalwood helps with plant immune system. And I was like, that's so interesting. I wonder how I can utilize that. And like the next day, my friend calls me and she's like, Tiffany, I left my peace lily outside. It's the last one I have for my mom's funeral. And I think it's dead. Is there anything I can do to help it? And I was like, well, she sent me a picture. It was pretty crispy. It was pretty bad. And I was like, well, let's try this. Um, I just read this study. So I had a drop of sandalwood essential oil and she did. And it came back. It was like wow. a miracle. And I think somebody's banana plant, very similar type of story. And so 
yeah, it's, it's amazing. Sandalwood essential oil, just add a drop to the water. So when I have like seed leaves that are looking a little weak, I add a little, little bit of sandalwood. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And for some reason I've got frankincense running around my brain and I don't know why I feel like I need to ask yeah. about frankincense. Yeah, plants do like frankincense. Um, I it's really good. I didn't. I don't think I actually put it in the recipe, but I do put it on my plant um, for like a leaf shine because mm. it's kind of a more expensive essential oil. So you know we don't really use it as much on people don't want to use it as much on like plants, but it is really good. They do like it. Um, they like on their leaves. It just it's kind of like a feel good, mm. kind of like citrus is to us. It's kind yeah. of that feel good type of <laughs> plant. Yeah, our citrus. Yes, yes. <laughs> cool. Amazing. Well, I feel like I have learned a lot today and I'm really excited for other people to listen to this episode. And we would love for you to send in your questions. Tiffany would love to answer your questions if you have oh, any questions. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, send them in. Find me on Facebook and message me. Message us through our Facebook. Like we I would love to. Um, help more people with it. It's something I'm super passionate about. I love, I love talking plants. So send away. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so make sure you do send in your questions, follow Tiffany on Instagram, the essential at, at the essential gardener. You'll, you'll see her link in the show notes. She's got great content on there. Go and check out her book, which you can find the link for in the show notes as well. We're not entirely sure yet if it's available on this side of the pond as in Europe, right. the UK. So it will be more available in, in the States, but we're, we're going to be investigating a little bit further to see if we can get it available over here. Yes. Yes. And if you have hookups to help us get it available over there, let us know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you so much for letting me just rant about my love of plants. Anytime, anytime. I love plants. I love you. So it's, it's, you know, it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I guess that's it for today. And so. we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So make sure you show us some love, share us around, leave us a like, a love, a heart, whatever it is that, you know, that's available for you to leave. Mm -hmm.